Yo, we are rounding the corner. It's a diary of a troublemaker kind of day. Rounding the corner, third base, Thursday. We're going to talk about DMSC wrapping up. Everywhere I go. And some other things. Really know who I is and, and some who other I things. Got all distracted with the diary of a troublemaker. If you didn't know, Look, that's one of my favorite pieces of swag. It's our little It journal. is one of my favorite pieces of swag. Actually... I sometimes I forget about it. It sits over here on my desk. I have I have it when I like really need to write something down and have mm -hmm. it, you know, etched in memory. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, Don Brady shared. He was like, I write in this thing every day the other day. And I was just thinking, like, if you took the automotive industry as a whole and and kind of captured the diaries of the intentionality around every day, the business practices, oh, the, the stories that are deeply entrenched in the automotive industry on a daily basis. And just like put, and not just that, not just that, but like put all of that there, plus these grandiose stories of kind of uh, fun and ridiculousness, right? I was reminded that we're, we're planning a SoduCon, right? And uh, we're, we're having a lot of great conversations around like collaboration around that. And I was reminded that, um, you know, that and we were reminded that so much of what happens in automotive is standing around a bar at an after party. And all of the sudden, right, two companies, their CEOs are standing there and historically they've been like at odds. And then all of a sudden they're having a beer they're they're having a soda or whatever they're doing. And. All of a sudden, there's this spark that that becomes a story that changes the trajectory of automotive services, right? <laughs> and that the ridiculous happens, around how that works in automotive and how that's constantly churning and energizing and events like DMSC, we you know we heard about so many of the, the insights and the engagement the dealers. Glenn and Pash is in here had. right now. Actually, he just said he just said hello. Hey, Glenn. Ah, oh, Glenn Pash. Yeah, we're going to talk and about I, DMSC in just a second if you want to. Exactly. From, from him and Brian putting on events like that that encourage our industry in that way. Woo! I, the diary of the automotive industry is rich. Let me just that say. is an interesting show open. <laughs> it is. I don't know why I got excited about that, but the diary of automotive is rich. So yeah. that's an open, that's a quick boom and we'll get going. But I got in, I, I don't know. I was like in the 30 second countdown and that was uh, when that happened. So, uh, Brooke, good to see you. We missed you at DMSA too, just so you know. Um, it wrapped yesterday. We actually have a great little, uh, Tie back, Chris, our senior writer, wrote a little summary of DMSC. We've been hearing nothing but great things, by the way. Seeing the pictures, experiencing some massive, massive, massive FOMO. Um, the little piece, you can click to, through to it in the show notes or just get the daily newsletter at asodu.com. Um, he pulled out four themes, adaptability, courage, right? Like Brian Pash from the stage apparently was just like, one of the reasons that we're not innovating is because when things are changing, everybody gets afraid and we hold on to things. I'm um, so interesting perspective on courage, being proactive and being human. I heard there was an awesome session about video content and connection. It's so near and dear to our hearts. So good. Uh, yeah. Just want to give shout out to our friends um, that put on DMSE, Brian Pash, Glenn Pash, the whole team there for just really making some trouble at the DMSE conferences for a long time. And that is the conference where 
I can't, man, imagine if we could quantify how many things happened around, um, around some drinks and some wine afterwards and some just casual conversations that turned into serious transformation in the auto industry. That's exactly what we're talking about. We've been talking all week about a SotoCon plans ramping up full speed. Um, we've had, I don't know, we're probably 20 calls deep. We have about 20 more calls to go. And um, like we have been pitching a SotoCon to everybody. And the more we talk about it, the more excited we get because we realize pulling in together these elements of education, but more collaboration and fixing problems in an environment that's more like South by Southwest. That is actually how the industry is going to in, uh, innovate. And I'm really excited for the synthesis of some major transitions in auto happening at a SotoCon. You can't get really much information now except for what you get here, but you can go to asotucon.com. Put your little name on the crappy website right there so that once the great <laughs> website is out, you will get it. It's going to be amazing. We promise. And you will we see it. absolutely promise. Oh, and Glenn, Glenn just wants us to mention, and I'd love to mention, that you can get a virtual pass still to DMSC and watch all the content if you missed it. I am going to try to check out the content that I missed as well. Um, we mentioned yesterday in the morning that we wanted to uh, do something. If anyone had any idea of how we could kind of band together as an industry and give in a meaningful way to the families and the victims of the Uvalde massacre, um, how we could do that together. And um, Kyle, your, your wife kind of came through with, with yeah. what we vetted kind of out as the best place to do that collectively. And uh, we link it up in the show notes. It's a GoFundMe account. I don't know. Can you just search by the name? Uh, to get to this specific one. Yeah, it's actually, it's not a GoFundMe account specifically, but uh, GoFundMe has done the hard work of finding vetting it some all of out. the, vetting the, the, the ones that are like legit being raised by the right people. Uh, there's actually like a general fund that's been put on that, raised over $2.7 million at this point. Uh, so if you search on GoFundMe or if you link in our show notes, you can find uh, kind of those top uh, top options on GoFundMe. They've vetted it, done the research, done the work to make sure that your money's going to the right places. Um, and it's just a really simple way to kind of give back wherever you're at in the country um, for those affected by uh, that loss. So uh, just, just a, a really neat find by my wife and, and shout out to her. I know she listens every day. And, um, if you do have the capacity to give, uh, make sure you go and find those places to, to do that. There you go. Uh, we also have just posted it in the comments and unfortunately, uh, LinkedIn, we can't post comments from StreamYard. Come on, StreamYard, get with the program. Or maybe it's LinkedIn that's not with the program. I don't know. Y'all need to play nicer together. Um, we're following this story about VW's announcement that they are going to release uh, a pickup, electric pickup and SUV under the brand name Scout, saying it is going to be a standalone brand and not related to the dealers. We started this out. This is kind of our third iteration on this. Uh, we, we brought it up when it came out. The VW rep in the elevator seemed to know nothing about it, and then we figured out why. Because VW said, we're releasing it as an independent brand, to which every VW dealer was like, what <coughs> is going on? Um, so uh, Automotive News article says, in a letter dated Tuesday to Scott Keogh, CEO of VW Group of America, the NAD CEO, Mike Stanton, who we all know, addressed the lack of information from the Scout announcement and urged Keogh to quickly and clearly communicate their distribution plan to your dealers who have made significant investments to support VW's business model and transformation to electrification. He's like, look, Keogh has historically been a, he said, a full-throated advocate of the auto dealer network and said the longer you let dealers go without information, right, the more speculation and potentially misinformation 
is going to fill the void. So uh, if we have a little bit of our very own um, Real Housewives episode here in automotive. <laughs> I love how you put <laughs> well, here's what I love about this is a lot of times, you know, there are, you know, varying opinions as to what NADA is doing on a day-to-day basis. And I think if you ask and pulled the executives and dealerships, the owners, the partners, the people that are involved in NADA, they understand the lobbying, they understand how um, how that's working with the dealers to, to, to continue to build bridges, both politically and with the OEMs. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for the people that are listening to this across the industry, listening to this across the dealer network, is just recognize that these organizations are the reason why the franchise dealership network is so strong in the U.S. and that it doesn't get thwarted by just OEMs just deciding to do things similar to what um, Mercedes-Benz is doing in Germany right now and and in Europe. Um, These are organizations, the state organizations, NADA, that are, are making sure that everything that we believe that the retail auto dealer network is the best possible way to deliver and service vehicles continues to stay the truth within the OEM relationships. And I think that the OEMs are actually well served by that because it's it's a listening voice in a way that is maybe not the way that happens on dealer councils or um, in, in direct relationships. It's that indirect third party uh, that allows uh, that conversation to continue to happen in a positive way. You know, one of the elements of this story that I like is that um, the state associations all of a sudden kind of stepped up in mass as well. And on yes. behalf of their VW dealers, I don't, I don't know if it's all the state associations, but a lot of the state associations penned their own letters of, you know, varying tones. And, you know, because obviously you have like a lot of different people communicating, sure. uh, you know, their interests and frustrations or whatever it was. And I kind of got reminded, you know, the fight scene in Anchorman. <laughs> Yes, when, yes, when yeah, everybody's walking up, in. Yes, the yes, that in the alley. It's came perfect. Came like yes. NADA and then the state associations <laughs> come up. And and I know it doesn't have to be, I mean, look, there's some contention in the relationship right now because sure. um, obviously there are, like the dealers have been what made Volkswagen what it is in the United States, communicated the needs for the pickup truck, probably helped um, push a lot of, the EV movement through VW dealers talking about the future of electrification in VW and then especially VW, especially. Oh yeah. And especially one that, you know, I was thinking of our friend John Luciano in in Amarillo, Texas, um, because that's a huge pickup truck market, right? right? He, he dominated with VW in a pickup truck market in West Texas. And so to finally think, Oh, we're going to get a pickup. We're going to get a pickup. Ah, maybe not. So, um, VW, if anyone's listening, I mean, they have refused to comment and I don't think this show is going to make them comment. Um, right. but, but my, my gut's telling me right now they're figuring out like, what are we going to do with this one? What are we going to yeah. do with this one? Yep. Yeah. And this, this is the, every, every time something new happens, you know, from GM to Ford to VW, it starts to set a precedent for what all OE, other OEMs in the U S start to recognize oh, they should yeah. or can be doing. Yeah, without a doubt. So, um, you know, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that um, VW yeah. will, will realize and, and execute through the dealer network. And this just goes to show you why continually we need, as the dealer network, as the retail dealership, you know, conglomerate, need to consistently show and prove that we are the best way to sell, service, and deliver vehicles, whether they're EVs or ICE vehicles or motor scooters, whatever they are, airplanes, quadcopters, 
We are the best way because we are tied in. We have to prove it every day, day in and day out. Um, can you imagine if one of you like, know what you know what I want to throw this out. Here we there. go. We're going to get in on. I, this I know one there's now. only like we get anywhere between sixty and one hundred and fifty downloads on this podcast per day. But if anyone knows someone at the OEM level that would be interested in attending and communicating with us at a SoduCon open invitation to executives at OEMs yep. to be able to sit down and have those oh, conversations so with the beneficial. dealer network in a SODU. And so we just want to throw that out there. Like if you have those connections, Let's build we want to bridges. make those inroads. And that's just a full on open invitation because the conversation happening in these, at these levels absolutely has to happen faster and more often. And so we want to help curate that. No, that's a great, that's a great mention. That's a great mention. You know, I, I drove by like a furniture store uh, the other day and you know how they're all like selling purple mattresses now, yes. right? The brand yeah. purple started as direct consumer brand. And then before you know it, they were like, you know what? I think we you know, know what? how to There's take There's a lot this. of these little spots that do this thing and all the time. I, I was thinking, I was like, wouldn't it be interesting if like a direct to consumer EV brand all of a sudden, like the light bulb clicked on and they went to the dealer network and were like, oh, actually we can get these vehicles out really fast. And give a great customer, customer experience. Yes. Like if we just leverage this not so hidden gem, right? So yeah. um, we'll see what comes of that. But, um, you know, hey, at the end of the day, if you don't fully in communicate your intentions just in leadership or communication or team in general, guess what? The lizard brain is going to kick in and everyone's going to assume that you're out to kill them. <laughs> That's just how yes. it works. That's how it works. All right, one more story here. Um, a new paper that just was released, uh, a joint venture between uh, Tesla and Jeff Don's Dalhousie University. I, I don't know. That's, I don't not a familiar one, but I, I, the article is in today's um, daily pushback it. email. <laughs> if you don't get it, um, asodu.com, sign up for the email. Stuff like this is in there every morning. This is in there today. And they've, they say that they've successfully tested technology that would give us a 100-year battery. 100 years. Dude, that would Just, be game-changing. Well, you think? I mean, because everyone, there's a lot of questions around whether or not it's actually sustainable for actually doing anything good for the environment by harvesting right, because all the lithium and metals and then yes. pushing out this lump of toxic materials that is just going to be here for the next 100,000 years because it's never going to break down. So if all of a sudden, instead of like a, you know, a five to eight or 10 year battery life, if all of a sudden we get a 10 times the life on that, that sounds a little bit better. It starts to change the conversation a little bit, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the one, the one thing, obviously it was a, an initial and controlled experiment, <laughs> 77 degrees Fahrenheit. You're like, you got to live in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But to make it work, San Diego is the place. It's going to be perfect. We're going to have everyone in San Diego. Except we're not sure San Diego is going to be here 100 years from now because of that fault line thing. So all yeah. that coming together. But I think a really great takeaway is this, that things, new technologies come out. New things start to shift and change. But honestly, when you're committed to innovation, something new always comes up. Right, a new yes. thing always comes up. That's like the triumph of the human spirit, right? And the, with all the attention on EVs, all the attention on battery technology, like I believe that human race is going to find a better way to do it. So I agree. Yeah, and here's what's cool. A couple of days ago, I wrote in in the in the email, kind of the lead of it, mm -hmm. just like constantly be willing to take something that's working well, break it down to nothing, and figure out if that's still the best way, mm -hmm. right? 
And I think that if we continue to think that instead of just stopping it going like EVs, the 100% next way, yeah. what if we in the middle of something that's working well, start to go break it down to nothing, mm -hmm. build it back up again. What actually is the best way? Is it that, or is it something new or is it something, uh, uh, you know, combined of the couple? And I think if we continue to do that as an industry and as businesses, we're going to see innovation move quicker and quicker. Well, from Kyle's lips to everyone's ears, may we all do that today because that is the constant march we are on banding together pushing back pushing forward pushing in every which way making a little trouble <laughs>